Week one of finals is over and DFA have another beautiful podcast here to go through the week two of finals. One out of the four games was pretty good this weekend, but the other three were a little bit of an anti-climax. Couldn't agree more, Red. We've got some very interesting games coming up this weekend. We had a few season-ending injuries from the weekend. And I think what the story of the week is, oh, we're from Tigerland. Oh, no doubt. The Tigers are up and about the year of the Tiger 2017. The season, or sorry, the final series is really broken up for them and they're a, they're a massive chance to go all the way now, Brett. They really look like they're in the box seat. They've got the easy side of the draw and one more game and they're in the grand final. Tiggy Train is a full steam ahead. Whether you get on it or not, they're, uh, they're heading straight to a, a prelim and probably a grand final as, as, hard as, it's, as, as hard as it is to say, I think. I, I tend to agree with you, but I just want to bring you back to the season 2016 where both teams that won their first final lost the prelims. Really? GWS and the Geelong Cats. Jeez. Wow. So does, will the bye wreak havoc again? The Maybe. The DFA bye. I hope so. Yeah. Guys, take <laughs> us through last week's games. Well, Thursday night brought us to Adelaide over and we had Adelaide versus GWS where Adelaide dominated the contest right from the start. The Crouch brothers, they were influential, had 58 touches between them, incredibly. Just an average week for those boys. Yeah, that is just average, incredibly. Um, Eddie Betts kicked three first half goals and he was he was instrumental in setting up the win for Adelaide. I don't think GWS really had an uh, option for him. Ward and Coniglio uh, were all good for the Giants, though. Hard for the Giants now. We'll obviously talk about their game going forward, but they're probably going to have to rearrange their um, side because of a few key injury- injuries, Bell. Yeah, well, I'll start off um, with uh, Mumford got injured and Cameron. They're huge outs. So- which, that, that takes out... GWS's chances, I reckon. Yeah, Cameron uh, obviously carrying that hamstring probably the second half of this season, and now it's Mumford with an ankle as well. That might free up Lob to go in a bit more ruck position, I think, because I don't think Mumford was in that good of form, in my opinion. No, probably the last four or five weeks he's really struggled. And I think mm-hmm. he only had, I think Cameron had three, uh, seven touches on the weekend, and Mumford three. So they're not, yeah, they're they're not, not really losing a great deal from what they had last yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, on paper they do look like they're yeah. Not I that reckon much. these injuries show how much of monkeys reporters are. Because everyone says they're too top-heavy, they're too tall. Mm. Two tall guys go out, and now they're saying they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, I, I actually... I think they played their, one of their best games of footy all year was against Melbourne and Canberra, just yeah. late in the season. Yeah. And they had Patton and Cameron out that day, and they tore Melbourne apart playing Their, playing their depth has been really stretched out this year, hasn't it? Their yeah. injury list has kept growing and growing. But now it's a chance for General Patton, I reckon, to uh, step up and take over. Yeah, he plays Cameron one out. And Roy Lobb to take over Mumford's role. And I think this rough. gives them a massive opportunity to play Brett Delidio as a lead-up forward. They Maybe. probably played him as a bit of a crumbing half-forward. Yeah, but he has to go a bit deeper now. Yeah, I think he comes out as a lead-up forward, the old traditional sort of six-foot-six-foot-two forward, good pace off the line. He's a good kick, good mark, mm-hmm. so I think it's his best chance. Yep, for Adelaide as well, we start off with Roy Sloan, didn't even play. Had a bit of appendix trouble as well. Um, and also Brody Smith, unfortunately, with a confirmed ACL very early on in the game as well. Um, that takes him out... For the final series, but also people forget that he's also out probably next year as well. He's just yeah, tragic for the guy. It's, yeah. it's a disaster. I think this time of year, your heart always falls for these guys. Um, I think Hawthorne in a finals campaign three or four years ago. Friend of White Cross. White Cross, yeah. White Cross. White Cross, he obviously... Yeah. 
I think was it the first qualifying final he did that against Collingwood. Yes, he's actually done it in a qualifying and a prelim. Yeah, so he's really? back to back years. I think that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I first thought when I saw Brody Smith come off the ground with that injury uh, on Thursday night. He, may, he very may well miss out on the premiership medal because of that. Let's get into the grand final that was played last Friday night at the MCG oh, in front of you were there. Were, you were there, weren't you, Faz? Yeah, Brody and I were was both there. Um, How was the atmosphere? Oh, it was incredible. Electric. I haven't seen atmosphere like that since the 2011 prelim between Collingwood and uh, Hawthorne. And it was probably only the last couple of moments of that game that actually got to that sort of level. The Tiger Army, they are up and about. They won by 51 points on the back of one man. Actually, it was on the back of quite a few. The turning point in the game was on the back of one man. Dustin Martin. Five goal assists in a six hole in a six goal run for the Tigers. He was enormous. Prestia, he's found his form in the last month. 31 touches and a goal. And this other guy. I reckon he played his best game as a Tiger. People go, oh, his stats weren't that good. But Trent Cochin, he brought his A game to the table. He showed his contested footy in the start. Showed his real... He's a real leader, that guy. And uh, Not many touches, but a lot of tackles as well. Yeah, Provide but I think a lot it, of physical presence, I think. It was just huge. Being the captain of the biggest club in, in, the, in the state, probably, at the moment. Um, and the pressure on him to deliver it at and, final and, as well. And they haven't won a final yeah. since 2000, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. To, to come out and play like he did and lead from the front, that was a really good effort. What do you think of Danger's game? That's... Oh, dangers? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, 31 touches and a goal. Well, what, what was the disposal efficiency, Brad? Got 45%. That? 45. Dangerfield in the... Third, that's incredible. Sorry, in, early in the final quarter when um, Richmond got quite a good run on, every time Dangerfield got the ball, he looked like a kid in junior footy that wanted to do it himself. He went, <laughs> I can't that's really that's trust these guys, well. unfortunately. Yeah. He goes, I'm just going to run. He got caught holding the ball a couple of times and caught on his left side, which he doesn't really like doing because he's not a great kick on his right, let alone his left. Yeah. But... He will have to go back to the drawing board this week, Danger, and just go back and do some do some hard work. And how about Stephen Motlock? He, oh my God, he his claims at the start of the game were incredible. Unfortunately for Motlock, he wouldn't get a game if Cockatoo was fit. And no, this not. was his chance to sort of redeem himself from last year's prelim when he had an absolute hell of a game. Talking about Cockatoo, who is very young and doesn't have much game experience at all, taking over a Stephen Motlock, who was regarded as one of the best small forwards only a couple of years ago, really. He's got so much upside, Motlock, but he, I think he gets scared of the big lights. Yeah, <laughs> the big MCG lights yeah, no, are too he much really, for it. He, he really, used to thrive on it. And now. Yeah, no, he doesn't now. I think five minutes into the game, he went for an inboard kick, half kick that chipped it up straight to Richmond player. Went down the other end, and the Tigers kicked a goal, um, and that really set a trend to the night for Steve Motlop. But I think he turned it over four or five other times as well. He so. misses his mate Varco. Wow. What's Varco doing? Travis. Wish handy. I had him in my team now. Um, any injuries to worry about in that uh, The Tiki train just keeps on, as I said, just steaming along with absolutely no injuries. Could not get any better for the Tiki train, but for the Cats, unfortunately, Cam Guthrie went down and really was the uh, the turning point, I think, of Cats going downhill and uh, losing the game. He killed any run um, that Geelong were having. It was really left to danger and, and what sell. Ha- what ended up happening to Guthrie? his calf unfortunately he'll be done for one at least a week so he missed this week and I if, thought it might have been whiplash from Dusty's uh, hang on. don't argue <laughs> hang on. On, the, on the back flank and when Dusty ran down the wing Dusty caused the injuries with don't argue is a serious issue just ask Ed Kerno who was done with the uh, Bruce Larynx would there be a, like a public inquiry or national inquiry if Dusty got called for high tackle from a definitely the crowd yeah. would be do any other player does they go that's high contact just because you have the Dusty ball does, like, oh, just because you have the ball doesn't give you the right to hit them in the head <laughs> he doesn't care Dusty <laughs> um, Sydney Essendon this was the first elimination final of the weekend well Sydney they kept on their merry way with a 65 point win Essendon with nothing to lose everyone said oh they can just go and throw the kitchen sink at them 
unfortunately the rest of them they were putrid and they got smashed by Sydney that second quarter was ridiculous that was like nine goals in about nine minutes went from you know two goal deficit after quarter time to up to 50 or 60 points yeah. then halfway through the second and who was on the back of my Gee. man Budwold kicking one two and three. First three goals <laughs> yeah, in the second it was quarter incredible. It was ten four kicked another one late as well yeah, and Sydney actually in that quarter had 55 kicks and they kicked 10 goals. That is too good. Um, a couple of big things came out of that game where they, Luke Parker, 27 disposals in the 150th game, and Josh Kennedy, 29 touches and two goals. Crazy he, to think he's played only 150 games. It seems like he's only like 23 or 24. Yeah. Very durable yeah. player. Yeah, no, very durable. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Danaher, he probably the only, one of the only Essendon players that can sort of walk off the ground. His head held high. Kicked a goal in the first minute. I think they didn't really kick a goal in the next. Thought that was going to set the tone. For yeah, him, yeah. I thought they were up and he took, a, took a screamer. Took yeah. a screamer and kicked a goal. What about what about though when he kicks the goal after the three quarter time siren to put him back to about sixty five points down? <laughs> and, he, and he gives a little fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win the comments. I'm we not too sure Jay. what you're celebrating about. Any injuries to come out of that one, Bear? Um, mm. Sydney. Well, it was a bit of a scare for Buddy, but he had a bit of a corky. But I think they're thinking that he'll be back. Um, next week which is good for them um, and Essendon no injuries but they all have to say goodbye to uh, their favourite son Joe Watson and also James Kelly as well who's done very well since coming over as a real top up player ended up getting two seasons out of them two pretty good seasons as well James Kelly's got to go down as one of the best players in the last 20 years mm. he'd be in the top 15 or 20 players I think but he was not many people would recognise him like that no, no. when you think about like you look at his career as a whole premierships best and fairest yeah. actually all Australians He's, he's got a lot of them now. And think about it, by putting him in as a top-up player, you're comparing him against Stokes, Crowley, yeah. who didn't last long at all. He's been very dribble, played most of the games that he's given, been given at Essendon and done pretty well for himself. You look at the players he was around at Geelong with Ablett and Bartel, Enright, he was went under the radar a little bit. Yeah, and even in that draft, as well, he was part of that super draft. Yeah, yeah, he, he's really, really good player. He is. Um, game of the round, though, was no doubt Port Adelaide versus the Weagles. The last 20 minutes was good. The first was questionable. <laughs> well, how many times this year have we seen West Coast sort of, as soon as the team gets a run on, they literally just play the worst, most despicable sort of footy and they just turn it into an absolute scrap. I thought two times they were done and somehow they came with the win. They shouldn't have won. They shouldn't have. They, shouldn't they were have down won. by two goals <laughs> in extra time. They got off to a hot start and then they somehow just yeah. scrapped the rest of the game. Yeah. It was incredible. You could see it losing momentum. You thought, okay, they're just going to run over the top, but somehow through yeah no it was a good effort um, obviously went to extra time Luke Shuey kicks a goal after the siren from a dubious high tackle call I oh, personally I thought it was high so did I yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely now I can understand the critics when you do slow it down in yeah. super slow-mo you can kind of see that it looked more to me that live that he was just trying to balk the tackle trying to get around yeah. the tackle and that's why he's kind of gone a little bit lower and when it's worth so much people can be a bit hysteric like Choco Williams being the ex-Port Adelaide coach saying it was a disgrace especially there are three umpires surrounding that play, and two of them actually blew their whistle at the same time, calling it high. So yeah, two yeah. umpires see it as a high tackle. Yeah, exactly. Um, great to see, though. The Weagles have now won six from seven at the Adelaide Oval, and they've asked That's the incredible. Giants if they want to sell their game and play at the Adelaide Oval this week. The Giants have fortunately said no. Um, <laughs> Shuey was huge. 32 touches to go with his match-winning goal and one other. Prittis, 33 touches. This is a guy. I think he, has he had more tackles than anyone in the last decade? I think so. I think they came up, up in one of the, they came up in a quiz question not long ago, I think, Faz. 
Uh, Jeremy McGovern, Mitz McGovern. Oh, There's really? links to him going to Collingwood next season. Took oh, 15 you wish. You wish he um, was coming down. Best, best for the Port Adelaide aggression was Ollie Wines with 28 touches and two goals. How about your mate Charlie Dixon? How many points Charlie did he kick? Charlie Dixon. How many points? He kicked three goals, six. 23 touches. Had six. a great game. But, but Charlie, if you want to play the rough and tough, He's an idiot. show me how strong I am. I'm the big... Kick straight on the big gorilla. Impose yourself. Got to go back and kick the goal. Josh Kennedy at the, at the other end. Cool, calm and collected. Cool, calm and collected. And kicks it all didn't, day. Didn't have anywhere near as good a game as you, but he won the game for his team because exactly. he kicked two final or extra time goals. And showed a lot of desperation in his forward 50 with like 30 seconds to go. Dived on the ball. See, for most people, that comes as a bit of a surprise. Big key forward like that. He actually has more pressure accent than the other He's very West mobile. Coast He's very mobile now. For a big forward. Any injuries out of that one, Bill? No, not particularly. Um, but there is a possible return. Eagles will be licking their lips at seeing Nick Natanui training. Um, but I personally don't think it's the case that he'll be playing in season 2017. But he was similar to, to Brody Smith doing his ACL in the final series beforehand, thinking they won't, he won't be back for another you know two years. End of 2016, thinking, oh, he's not going to play until 2018. You couldn't drop Nathan Vardy or Drew Petrie after that game, though. They both... <sighs> Drop Drew. <laughs> He's had one good game in the last two years. Maybe it's time to sit out. Um, that brings us to our best and worst on from the first round of finals. And I've got the best this week as per usual. Um, a little bit of an unsung hero from the West Coast win over Port Adelaide was Eric McKenzie. In the dying moments, he put his body on the line, ran along the ground, uh, ran, ball was rolling on the ground, picked it up, got tackled or pushed sort of thing, and then ran into the goalpost at full speed and managed to somehow, at the, at the time, it was equal scores, wasn't it? Yeah, T- yeah. Scores were tied, so couldn't even rush it behind, and somehow scrapped it over the line for a boundary throw-in. Eric McKenzie, you got yourself, and you got Drew Petrie and a few of the other older boys. You got him one more game by a footy, and you got a massive chance this week to knock off the uh, GWS and make another prelim. Jim so, McKenzie well was done. a BNF winner. Doesn't surprise me. In like 2014, I think. Really? No, one's, no yeah. one's ever heard of it, really. Oh, he's handy. It was yeah. almost delisted last year. <laughs> Two votes. <laughs> Listed free agent. Two votes to Big Cox. Not Dean Cox as an mm, assistant at West my Coast. My favourite. To Mason Cox, the Collingwood footballer. Well done, Mason. Good on you. Now, he has been the first AFL player to ever sign a three-year deal without actually knowing what way to hold the Sharon. <laughs> An incredible effort by him. Sometimes you don't even Remember when he, handball, when he tried it. to keep the ball in? He, just, <laughs> he basketball passed it out. Yeah, chest pass. It's, um, <laughs> it probably says as much about his manager as it does about Collingwood's list management oh, definitely, team. definitely. Um, so he's just a result. He's just a product of the terrible list. You can build a list around board. Mason, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty big. <laughs> he's doing a basketball team around. Yeah. He's maybe a football team. No, he's very, very handy. Uh, don't worry about that. The pies are looking good for season 2021 uh, when Mason's finished up. Yep. Um, and three votes. Well, I want to put in this man. This is personal preference. And I know tennis gets a run, but Rafael Nadal, the left hand, the wizard, the clay king, or clay court specialist, as a friend of ours likes to say, um, sweet 16 grand slams. Him and it's probably him and Roger Federer get the three votes. Two Grand Slams to Roger, two Grand Slams to Raphael. I think in this that, year, is that? Yep, this oh, season. Good. They take out cool. uh, take out the four, um, and there's probably a good chance they'll both finish one and two in the world in the World Masters events coming up in the next month or two. Yeah. Would this be the worst of his sixteen? This US Open, he didn't have to beat anyone. No, yeah, who did he beat? It was really the, comprehensive though. Who did he beat in the finals? Uh, Kevin Anderson, twenty ninth seed from South Africa. <laughs> um, who, actually, he was about the third best player in the. 
competition. It, yeah, this really often happens. This, this can often happen in the U.S. Open, where a lot of the key seeds are sort of injured, or so you had no Murray, no Djokovic, Federer, obviously through injury, through injury, uh, Rayoni. Yeah, and then, out, they're all out. And Where's Federer? Yeah, and Federer also said he goes, "I just played terrible tennis." He actually admitted that in his press conference. Uh, who beat uh, Del Potro. Yeah, and Del Potro obviously he's another older guy who sort of made it, had a second wind in a career, but. Both those two guys, three votes this week for them. Um, tennis is really on the up for the season 2018 Australian Open when you've got the likes of Murray and Djokovic hungry for another Grand Slam. Just on tennis, I heard uh, my mate Nick Kyrgios talking about the Davis Cup. Yeah, Australia through to the semis against Belgium next week, yeah, I think, or this he week. quoted, he said, I, will, I would run through a, a brick wall to get Australia into the final. Good on him. Good on him. He Loves. just won't, though. Yeah. <laughs> He'll look at the brick wall and go, It'll be two yeah, games I'm dinner. better than you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what about Bernard? Hey, how's this? What? This is a little inside. No, inside. No, uh, no. This is a little LFG. I don't like this. Faz's, Faz's little sneaky info. Yeah. Got a few more for you tonight. I spoke to someone at Tennis Australia during <laughs> the week. This is true. This is true. He told me, and Bernard ended up our best last week for the his big night out at the Bond nightclub. I actually got told this is how much Bernard's struggling for cash and this is how dumb he is. The Bond nightclub actually paid Bernard 25000 to tell the papers that he was there. Fuck. <laughs> now this, that's actually comes from someone who's employed by Tennis Australia. So that's a little inside scoop for the DFA fans. Doesn't surprise me. Fred, you got the worst. Yeah, one vote for worst on ground goes to Josh Shackey from the Brisbane Lions. He headed home this week for eight weeks to consider his options he just signed a contract he signed a contract about two months ago a month ago and boys to top, on top of that what's so bad about living in Brisbane you're oh, a young bloke yeah. you've got the sun you've got the beaches you've got DFA's own Dan McStay who's obviously a wizard with the ladies himself so why don't we see of... people trying to leave Perth Perth is significantly worse <laughs> than the Gold Coast or Brisbane why do people want to leave there yeah, I yeah, tend to agree. People like Wet and Wild on Movie World. He got them. And you've got folks like Alex Vassolo. He's given the world playing in the biggest club in the country. And he calls himself the Prince of Perth and wants to go back. <laughs> he's going back, mate. <laughs> he's going back. And my two votes for worst on ground goes to bus drivers. Bus drivers? What? This has got nothing to do with sport or AFL. But bus drivers are idiots. You know, yep. you're meant to give way to them. So they stick out their indicator or a stop. And then he takes his bloody well time to get out. He pulls out in front of me and goes about 30 kilometres in he the 60 zone. He has to, mate. He's taking on passengers. He's he needs got, to go he can go slow. the limit. And he's no. Got, he's got a big weight load. No. Come on. And he has to stop soon. So he's going 30 for the next kilometre and I couldn't get around him. Just overtake him, mate. Next time, I will overtake him before he turns out and then I'll probably get a fine. Why don't you just catch the bus? Yeah, no. you take the bus. Not with the people Who's that are on three? there. Who's got three? Who's got three? Three votes goes to a president of a football club. The spokesman of a football club. David Eddie? Kosh. Oh. No. Not Koshy. Not not Breakfast a, TV, David Kosh. <laughs> in a post match uh, function? Post match function with supporters of the club. He pretty much threw the Port Adelaide team under the bus and said that they're not dedicated and they're not they're not uh, committed to playing at the level. And possibly they're content with where they are now. But wow, that's a huge call. Why would he say that? Out of emotion, What's he mate. doing? Out of emotion. He's just <laughs> upset know. that his team lost their opportunity. I think he needs to have a chat to Ken Hinckley and say, we need a bit more out of you, maybe off the Coke Zeros and on the full strength Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> he is so bland, Ken. Yeah, he's a he boring human. 
I think that's the best 3-2 one you've ever done. Because Nick Kyrgios didn't get a bake. Bernard Tomic didn't get a bake. Bus drivers, the though. Bus drivers. You, threw, drivers. you were throwing them under the bus. If you're a bus driver. <laughs> you throwing them under their own bus. <laughs> if you're a bus driver, feel free to call in DFA. 1-800-BUS. That brings us to our first game this weekend. It'll be between Sydney and Geelong at the Triple MCG. Now, when I saw these two teams playing in a semi-final, my mind casted back to 2005. Nick Davis, four goals in the last quarter. Incredible. Nick bloody Davis. One of the best finals of all time, if I don't say so myself. Pretty um, high scoring. Oh, I was like 50 to 40 or something. Like seven crazy. goals apiece. I think that, yeah, so they, they kicked three goals up to three-quarter time, and Nick Davis that, kicked four yeah, in, the last, in the last quarter. That was traditional Paul Roos sort of suffocating Sydney songs before. <laughs> Last time they played was round 20. Sydney absolutely belted them by 46 points. They have played in a final recently, a prelim. Sydney won that by a lot as well, 47 points. So got really good form Sydney over the Cats. A bit of a quiz for you guys. Uh, what, what do you reckon Sydney's average winning margin at the MCG against Geelong since 1980 has been? Must be high for 50 points. 49. <laughs> well, it's actually 47 which yeah. is what they won by in the prelim last year, and they've only played once at the MCG since 1980. So that's your stat. That's, that's a great stat. Well, there was a twi- tri- uh, trivia quiz. <laughs> Good boy, you, Brett. Great addition to the podcast tonight. Um, one thing Sydney have got over... Uh, sorry, Sydney have got over Geelong at the moment is their ability to start. They've jumped on the last two times they've played, and I think Geelong will be pretty hungry to make sure that doesn't happen a third time. Yep, they're a very slow starter in general, Geelong, so it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they respond. Could be a vicious first quarter. What, and what about the bad? Who's going to who's going to stop the bad? Well, well again, usually gets. They might be fi- fighting fire with fire by bringing uh, Menzlin this week. Pretty big in. Yeah, huge in. Obviously, Chris got through the axe. They were wrong essentially by saying, yeah, oh, we the, out." Through the axe last week, but he's had to um, bring him back in. He's say, to oh, no, we got belted kiss, last week. Yeah, and uh, you can have a game again, young fella. Huge game though, and my man, who's going to stop him? Reg Grundy. He is an absolute <laughs> truck. How big are his legs? Yeah, huge. Um, he'll go straight to the Hawk. He kept the Hawk to one goal last time they played, and I think he'll do that again. He's too good. And Josh Kennedy, massive midfield battle. I know there's lots of talk about the danger field and Selwood combination, but Josh Kennedy, he's led terrifically this season. Just week after week. He, he doesn't, doesn't play many bad games. He doesn't no, play many no, bad games all. in his career. He had 29 touches last week and spent a significant time at the very end of that game on the, on the pine, so it was a very good performance by him. Yeah, it's a huge game this week. In my opinion, though, I think um, I think the Swans will be too good for Geelong. They have been all year. Uh, yep. so, so since round six, they've been, probably been the team of the competition. Crazy form, I think. Hawthorne's the only team that's beaten them since round six. It's a long time between drinks. Long time between losses, I guess, for, for the Swans. And this yeah. buy after the, after the home and away season helped them immensely. How so? How do you reckon? Well, that week off, everyone says, oh, you'd be due for a loss, that sort of thing. Mm. But now they've had a week off, almost start again at the start of the final series. Yep. They've obviously continue on that form. Yeah, and a lot of their in- last week, a lot of their injuries were kind of small injuries for their tools that were only like a week or so long, and they were able to recover during that bye season. So they've really uh, played it well. Yeah, so I reckon Sydney for me by about four goals. Yeah, I think Sydney maybe a bit closer, maybe two goals for me. I reckon the Cats have to respond after last week, and I don't know why, but I reckon they're going to win. I really have no. No, nothing to back it yeah, up. All, all, all the stats no. say otherwise, but yeah, it's good to stick to your guns. I think the Cats will win. Now, boys, that brings us to my favourite part of the episode, Faz's Fast Five Trivia Quiz. It was huge last week. This is the decider. 
Bauer came out of nowhere. Bauer came from the clouds to win last week. Brett was happy with the questions, and we've had a little chat off air. Make sure there's no discrimination against the rule uh, against the uh, we'll officiator. See, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts tonight <laughs> when DFA comes back for Faz's fast five. Yep. Welcome back to DFA. Um, last week was incredible. Bauer won three one with one question undecided. This question, this week's questions are brought to you by. Let's get the uh, sort of the little bits and pieces out of the way. Bauer, can I please have your buzzer? Bauer. Bread? Bread. Right. Now, you guys know the rules. First player into buzz gets the answer. You'll be timed out if you don't answer the question in a reasonable time. I determine what's reasonable. Um, I have got a couple of extra questions here if I they're like required that. tonight. Yes. Now, because it's a decider, boys, please, best of luck to you, bud. Thank you. Good luck, Bauer. Okay. Which current day... <laughs> Which yep. current day AFL player has played the most games without playing a final? Oh, this came up. Playing a final. It was Chris Newman before he retired uh, and played a final at the Tigers, yeah. but there is now a player, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Say so playing a final or winning a final? Without playing a final. Playing a final. Oh, God. Surely it would have been like Brett Deledio or someone if it was just playing a final. But this guy's probably actually not too far off that. Liz would have, Liz would have played in a few points. Yeah, but no, I was without, saying if it was about winning, oh, yeah, he would yes, have been yeah, played. Um, but this is just has not played yeah. a final. Uh, he's been he's played at two clubs. Oh, shit. He's one of my favourite players. Bread. Bread. What? Josh Kennedy? No. That's thought he was your favourite player. <laughs> one of my favourites. Two teams. Do we want to come back to this question? Um, this is not out of a K-Zone magazine. Boys, I don't want to cop backlash every week. Do you have another clue? Hey, you can't give another clue. No, he's f- you can. You both back well, if you, in. If you want to, you both back in. Yeah. His first club was Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> His current club is. This will give it away. Collingwood. Bauer. Bauer. Uh, Lyndon Dunn. Lyndon Dunn is correct. Well, no way I would guess. <laughs> One nil. Which player? I've tried and I've tried to get as many finals-related questions in here God, as possible. I like this. As a Cubs supporter, okay. this is not my forte. Which player was reported a record seven times in the two thousand and four Grand Final? Bauer. Bauer. Uh, Wakeling. No. Oh Red. shit. Red. Alistair Lynch. Alistair no, Lynch. No, it was the culprit of Lynch. Why did I say Wakeling? Oh, I can't believe you said that. That's oh Wakeling. my goodness. Now was it Daryl or Shane Wakeling Bauer? No extra points. Shane. Daryl, what? Oh, Shane What's played for Collingwood. Used to catch a tram to the games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Green boy. <clears throat> okay. Where did West Coast and Hawthorne play the nineteen ninety one Grand Red. Final? Waverley Park. I'll accept Waverley Park or VFL Park. Yeah. <laughs> Same ground. Bread two. This is Bauer not good. one. I don't like this. And this question, I'll go back. I'll get another question. <laughs> maybe continue the quiz. <laughs> Who has played the most games for the Gold Coast Suns? Bauer. Bauer. <laughs> Seemed very confident in that answer. Quick to answer. Uh, sorry, is he a... He's he still playing? No, I don't... Sorry, games for... Gold Coast Suns. Who's played the most ga- gold games as a Gold Coast Sun player? Three. Gary Ablett. No. Bad. Damn Brett. it. Damn it. Got a free Red. shot of it. Uh, I'm going to go with David Swallow. That's no. an extraordinary guess. Can I go again? I think that's it. We both guessed. Yes, you can go again. It's an extraordinary oh. guess going David Swallow. Uh, Lynch. No, I thought it was Lynch too, but it's not. Um, that's an extraordinary Okay, you've got one it. more. You can just accept the no points oh, for anyone. Oh, no way. 
Can I go again? <laughs> no, I said no points. No points. <laughs> no Jared Harbrown. Oh, I was going to say Stephen May. Was he there from the start? Maybe. And here's a question that may favour Bauer. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Which Carlton player? <laughs> <laughs> Who has the record for most games captained in BFL, AFL Oh, my history? God, Bauer. Yeah. Stephen Cunningham. Stephen Cunningham. It is. It's the wall. <laughs> Who would have thought I could rig it this well, ladies and gentlemen? That we'd be the decider is going to a the decider. Favors Bauer, and he said, "Oh my God, Fred, Fred, Fred. Bullshit. We're going to the decider, ladies and gentlemen. God, everyone's on the edge of their seats. I know I am. Here we go. This will be the biggest anti-climax question ever. What pick was traded for Sam Mitchell? In last year's draft. Oh, Fred, Fred. no. 88. I can't believe it. What a get. Pick 88 it was. Bread 3. Bauer 2. Bread wins the decider. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It was a close game. Well done, Bread. It was it close. Was, it, was very, it was a very good quiz. Very good questions. And the better man won on the night. Thanks, Bauer. That's very nice of you. Uh, the better man did win on the night. Just on the night. I actually had one more night. question as well. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We're two points. How many goals did Dermot Brewing kick on debut in a final? Great. Eight. No. And you need your, where's your buzzer, please? <laughs> where's your manners? It was five. Congratulations, Red. So it was just questions. a bonus point. Four, Four two. Actually, oh. <laughs> no, Bowers said one's worth two. Bye, two. <laughs> it's a drubbing. It's an absolute wow, drubbing. Wait. Let's get to the next game. Probably the game of the final series so far, you'd say. <laughs> West just like every other game you've called. West Coast take on GWS from Spotless Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, last time they played was round 22 this year, so not too long ago, and the Giants won by 21 points. But from memory, it was pretty close up until the three-quarter time, and then the Giants kicked a few goals in the last quarter. These two teams have never played in a final against each other, but the last five between them, Giants 2, West Coast 3. Mm, very tight. Although two of those West Coast ones were when Giants were terrible, mm. and they won by about 100 points. Yeah. Okay. And the one was when Nick Nat kicked a goal. Oh, what a game. Oh, yes, that's right. But also, they played they played twice this year, and the other time, West Coast only lost by eight points. So they've had hmm. two pretty close games this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're feeling confident, I reckon, the Eagles. They're on a high after last week. Definitely. Well, and GWS on a low, losing Cameron and Mumford. But apparently that's going to make their, their team better. Yeah, according to me, yes. <laughs> well, you get rid of the yeah. tall blokes, and that's better. Mm. No, I think they were they were too top-heavy last week. I'll go into bat for Bauer here. I don't yeah. know if I wasn't bagging Bauer. I'm just bagging reporters in general. Well, I think there was a stat actually that the team with more players over six foot three in the four finals games lost each game. Really? That's yeah, an so incredible. The Tigers stat. had five, Geelong had eight, um, GWS had nine, Adelaide had six, and I can't give you the numbers for the other games, but they were much the same. Can I put something out there? Does anyone like Mumford? <laughs> oh, I really like Mumford. Really? I think he's well, he has, like, like he's just there to just like hit people and bump. Yeah, people. when he, does tackles, he, have any, he just tries to hurt. Does he have any football skills? Has he ever kicked a footy? Up until round ten this year, he was probably still ranked in the top five ruckman in the comp. Oh, I just don't so like it when you put people in a team just to hurt people. Like Dangerfield. Like or Danger obviously does Danger's a menace. But yeah, no, Mumford. No football skills, just a big body to tackle. Oh, he's better than that. That's a big call. Hasn't really showed much <laughs> otherwise. He's a premiership ruckman. Well we'll see how they go without him. <laughs> premiership ruckman. All right, uh, key players, Brett. Uh, Josh Kelly is obviously an absolute gun. He's increasing his trade value every, or his uh, what he's worth. Mm. Could be the last game he plays for GWS. Probably if they lose. If they lose, yes. Yeah. Last time they played, he had forty-three disposals and a goal, and I think he got concussed and was off for about five minutes as well. So. Oh, that was against yeah when he ran against Kennedy in the uh, on the wing. Yep. Last time they played. 
Yeah. yeah. He, of, Kennedy plays for West Coast, and that's really yeah. 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 So, so speaking of Kennedy, um, obviously he's probably consistently been the key forward all year that the other teams probably struggled to lock down. Liam Jones, um, one. It's going to be tough again for GWS to stop that supply coming forward. Mm, who's going to go on him? Uh, probably Heath Shaw no it won't be Heath Shaw <laughs> Heath played on Eddie and did a terrible <laughs> job last week so that said a lot about Heath Shaw's credentials <laughs> as a lockdown defender um, I think there's a good chance probably Phil Davis or someone will go mm, straight to Kennedy Phil. I just don't know if Phil Davis is quite um, quick enough on the lead yeah some massive selection news is that uh, Stevie J Tim Taranto and uh, Sherrod Wellingham are all in for this game which shows that both teams are looking for just a little bit more experience this week I think um, GWS clearly they obviously got slapped a little bit last week. That they will they'll be looking for a bit more of that um, class factor up forward, and I think I think that's a huge move. Yeah, uh, Wellingham coming in through an admission, admitted uh, a young fellow named Luke Partington, whereas Johnson and Taranto coming in are, are through injuries. So we, as we mentioned earlier, Mumford and uh, and Cameron going down with injuries gives them that good opportunity to play small now, though GWS like, definitely Lob going up in the ruck, yeah. goes in the ruck. Um, EVJ Magic. Yeah, I think Dawson Green. Simpson's first emergency, so they've still left that in their in their twenty four to make a decision on yep. game day, yep. depending on the conditions and that. But I yep. think it's a great move. It's their only opportunity to beat West Coast. Obviously, West Coast have such a big back line. Yeah, beat them by speed. Yeah, beat them by speed. And yep. Johnson maybe hasn't got a lot of speed, but he's got a lot of footy smarts. Definitely, and that's one thing you can't about. You can't train. Yeah, um, it's what he's born with, and that's why he's played two hundred and something games of AFL football. And that's worth his weight in gold come finals time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Norm Smith medalist. Yeah, he knows how to play the game, and I think. Um, a huge opportunity for him to prove the critics wrong one last time. Yep, exactly right. And what about my boy, the Luke. Frenchman, Mark <laughs> Lacroix? What about him? Do you does? take the risk and put him on the plane? We know he's got travel sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he takes the assistant coach spot. He just sits there. <laughs> there is no way he will not play. Eh? He's in probably their top six pick each year. David King told him never to play again probably like two months ago. <laughs> Andrew Gaff and him both missed those stoppers <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> Gaff almost cost him the game with that missed soccer and the deliberate which was stiff but still yeah, deliberate. Tough deliberate up, out of bounds wasn't yeah. it? Um, Gaff though he was really good. Gaff man. He was really really good in that final so I think Gaff's going to be huge if there's any chance because he's obviously going to have to take the brunt of the work in the midfield or the outside midfield work to take on some of those classy movers. Yeah, it could um, be the last time, last game he plays for the uh, Eagles as well. Yeah, and Callum Ward will be taking on the two sort of inside mids of... Um, he's in good form, Callum Ward. Yeah, no, Breaking up some big numbers. Yeah, yeah no, Callum Ward's good. He's a good leader. Good leader yeah, of, of yeah. the young side. So. Yes. In I'm, the absence of Jeremy Cameron, now everyone's going to look to John O'Patton and General. Toby Green to stand up, but this year, the games Jeremy Cameron hasn't played... Josh Kelly has averaged 25.5 disposals and kicked two goals in each of those Maybe games. Kelly takes wow. on the role so as the goal kicker. maybe the midfielders a little bit more. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's a huge chance. Yeah. West Coast through that dominance of sort of 04 to 07, they were huge through the middle. They kicked a lot of goals. Kerr, Cousins, uh, yep. Judd, they yep. kicked lots of goals for them. Yep. Ward and Scully usually go hit the scoreboard, shield every now and then as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and I think Richmond have shown that this year. Definitely, Richmond with a really small so, forward so line, they can still dominate. Yeah, just with pressure. That's the that's the thing they apply when they go when they go shorter. They can say, okay, you just run harder, put exactly. more pressure on. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of that Richmond guy that's dominated the last two games? Townsend. So Townsend, he won the um, list, the uh, JJ Liston Trophy as the best and fairest for the VFL as well. Did he? Yeah, he did. Could yeah. you imagine if Richmond is still in the VFL? They if they could win the premiership down there, he's won that trophy. And then Richmond could still win the Premiership and Dusty the Brownlow. They would have just dominated. Here's, here's a bit of trivia for you. Stephen King. Stephen King. Stephen King. The novelist. No. 
Stephen King rucked in the VFL Grand Final and then teed it up again the next week in the AFL Grand did Final. Did he really? And won two premierships. That's impressive. Can I, how good's that? Jonathan Simpkin also did that for the Hawks. Did he? No one cares, Fred. No one cares about the Hawks. It was, he played with sub <laughs> in the AFL one. Oh, was he? Actually, that was... How bad was the sub Yeah, that was a shot. No, I like it. Oh, <laughs> I really like it. You don't need to be <laughs> like Caroline Wilson, Bell. All right, well, who's going to win this game, though? Uh, Are the Eagles a chance? I'm on the Eagles train. Wow. I'm on the Eagles train. Oh, they proved me wrong in the last game by beating Adelaide. They proved me wrong again by beating Port Adelaide away. I think they proved me wrong again. I think Jerry West are on the on the way out. With Imagine how easy the run would be to the grand final for Richmond if West Coast win this. Oh, actually, no, West I take Coast that. No, I take that back. I want Jerry West to win because they're going to give more of a fight against Tigers in the prelim. <laughs> Go the Giants, two two. I think West Coast will win. <laughs> I've been I've been on the West Coast bandwagon all year. You have been. Um, and no I'm, reason to stop now. Um, they've proved um, proved me right so far yep. as a top eight team. Um, that I said <laughs> Just scraping it. Didn't I, Bell? I did Just say they were a top eight in. side. And they will win this game against GWS. GWS are done. They're slow. They've got to look for something a bit different. I don't know if it's going to happen. They're going to try and... You can't just turn form on. You can't, can't, they've got class, but you can't just flick form on. West Coast have got momentum now. And team cohesion. They've got no cohesion, GWS. All the talent. And West Coast have just... You know what West Coast have got? They just they, they actually they're believing in something now. They're believing they can they can make a preliminary they got final and get by fifteen goals. They got Mitch McGovern just mops up and back. Brett, who do you think is going to win this game? I reckon West Coast played their grand final last week and they will be on a high still from that. And the Giants will get the job done mm. quite easily. I reckon. Interesting. And what about the DFA? Please explain, boys. Coming up next. Coming up next on, on DFA. DFA. DFA, please explain my favourite section where I get to get a few gripes out to the DFA faithful and let us know. I let the AFL know what needs to be done in this great game of ours. Uh, DFA Plays Explain this week is going to be the Please Explain AFL why Geelong didn't get a home ground advantage in the first final against Richmond, the qualifying final. It was obviously played at in the MCG in front of 95,000 fans, which and is how, great and to see. You were at the game, Luke. What was the percentage of Richmond fans, do you think? It would have been 70,000 people there. Incredible. It would have been Richmond fans. And twenty-five, probably 20 would have been Geelong and 5,000 would have been mutual. That is not what uh, Geelong deserved, I think, from finishing higher. Well, that's exactly right. Brett? They, they would have lost regardless of where they played. Let's they guess. beat them at the Cattery like a month ago. Yeah, but they were useless on Friday night. Because they, they played the G. Cause they they have to, to play the G to win a grand final bout. Then should every final beat the G? Well, yeah. So every interstate <laughs> game should beat the G? Just because they play the G at the grand final. Like, just have it consistent in... Why not? Why not make find, it every final at the G? Oh, find me, not possible to find do. me another world sport that has that gives away a team's home ground advantage in a final. When in it's, the name when, for money, when, I don't get when it. It's, when it's an option. I don't get it. You can still get 40,000 people into a skilled stadium now. Yeah. It's a bit different than 95. That's half. I agree that. So we're saying that money is worth more than the, the, the honour inte- of, com- inte- of the competition? Yeah. Well, it's not all about money. More fans would have wanted to go watch the game. So if you're limited to only 40,000, that means only probably 10,000 Richmond supporters could have gone there. That's true. But do you think, would, would, if you're a Geelong supporter, you put yourself in Geelong supporters' boots, would you happily not go to the game knowing that you'd win at Squid Stadium? Or would you happily go to a loss at MCG? They would want to go to the game. If you... So if they knew the team was going to lose, but they had to, they couldn't couldn't get a ticket because it was at Skillet Stadium. But that's, that's just a silly question. What do you no, mean if they well... knew they were going to lose? No one knows. No, 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 no. Let's just say you could you could go. I can't get a ticket to the game because it's Skillet Stadium and it only holds forty thousand. But I know my team's a massive chance to win at Skillet Stadium compared to the MCG. 
would you happily not go to the game? So you're saying, because they get the home ground advantage. Yeah, we know how much better Geelong are down there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they should back themselves to be able to win at the MCG as well. If that's where they have to win the grand final, they've played there during the year. Yeah, then play at the grand final, but they deserve to get to the stage of game. What's the point of playing all the... Pro- having a cry about the games leading up to the grand final then getting to the grand final and losing in the grand final would and then Adel- go oh what a home ground advantage would look at Adelaide's home ground advantage against GWS would have the, the margin been the same if they played at, um, at uh, Spotless could have been I don't buy the argument that they're just doing it so that Tiger fans can go to the game because they well, if they lose well, but if they lose but if they lose well when you think about it if they don't go to the game they don't buy a ticket They'll go home and they'll watch it and they'll increase advertising revenue through watching the game. So it's not a massive revenue loss, I don't think. Yeah, um, they've already got their billion dollars out of And for games. Richmond fans, if, if Richmond Richmond have a second chance anyway, if they, if they win or lose, they can go to another game that is guaranteed to be at home if they win. So, I don't know. It's a tough one. Maybe too, too much for the DFA boys to handle tonight. <laughs> I don't want to end on this low note. Gil, all you had to do was just follow the rules and say, look, they're playing at Cardinia. They have to play at Cardinia. Let's get to something we can all agree on. How does what? Hilton Cartwright get a game in the Australian <laughs> Test Team? I don't know who that is. I can't answer that question. Exactly That's my right. point. Now, my point <laughs> is... Be the team. My point is, I thought we solved the money dispute and the best team was getting picked. Hilton Cartwright? He's <laughs> just a club cricketer last time I checked. Then you've been your best 15 bowlers or 15 batsmen. Because so he can do both, he gets a game. They are rearranging the magnets big time since losing to Bangladesh in the first match. Uh, Just give Steve Smith match. a few overs. He came in the team as a bowler. He did. Blake Smith. He used to bat at number eight, and now he's the best. Or he's ranked last year the best batsman in the world. What a man! It's quite incredible. Um, huge summer of cricket in Australia. Ashes. Nah. Huge. I'm keen for the tennis. Big bash. And the trade period. Trade period. Trade period and the tennis is what I live for in the off season. That is enormous. Anyway. It has been an absolute pleasure bringing you the first week of uh, the second week of finals and the DFA's episode. Our thoughts on that. Um, please stay tuned to our Facebook page and our SoundCloud and iTunes pages. Thank you very much. Sayonara. <laughs>